0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Game Pit. This is episode 75. We are coming live from Essen Spiel and I'm joined here by my wife Natalie. Hi Natalie.
1: Hi Shawnee Boo. Thank you for having me as an extra special guest. I'm hoping to stand in Ronan's shoes, although not literally.
0: Yes, poor old Roly Pops, he's stuck at home in Blighty, he couldn't make it over for a, a few reasons, mainly because he's moving home. We miss you Roly, but we're having lots of fun, and I haven't able a substitute. So we're going to crack on what the gist of today's show is just a really quick overview of what we've been doing today, what we've seen, what we're excited about. And as always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Please go there for gaming goodness in many formats. If you want to download the show, go to Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. Okay, onwards and upwards. So we arrived into Spiel this morning. We're having a flying visit. So we came straight from the airport, bags in tow, dumped them in the lockers, and we joined the press event. So what did we see in the press event? Well, we popped into the the main press talk, and that was pretty much all in German. And so we left the press event, and what happens afterwards is they have a large room where a big number of the publishers get together, lay out all their wares for people to come and have a look at. You can't actually play the games. But there are people there that will explain the games to you and it all looks very pretty. Lots of games side by side. And we did see some of the big names of this year's show there. Armageddon from Queen was there. Feast from Odin was there. Loads of the stuff that we've been talking about in our preview shows. Natalie, how did you feel about the whole presentation of the games? Did it give you a feel for what was going to happen?
1: I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I think... Having all of the games in that one room, and it really is very sort of just one game next to the other, bang, 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 you can just kind of quickly have a whip around and see what catches your eye. Obviously, when you're in the big halls in the messer, it can be very overwhelming and there's just so much stuff to have it all distilled into just, this is the game, this is what it looks like, you can maybe get a brief run down if the publisher or the game designer is there but it's enough to go on to kind of whittle your want list down from the low hundreds to hopefully into double figures
0: absolutely so what we're going to do a little bit later we're going to pick three of the games that we saw from there that we weren't necessarily going to buy in the fair itself that this little area has actually turned us towards we'll talk about those later but was there anything else there that you saw Natalie that Made you think, oh, I might try that.
1: There was a couple. I think the one that I really liked the look of was Dreams and Shadows. Now, I'd had a look at it with regards to my actual want list kind of made it onto there just as you know if if we had time we'd go and have a look at it and they were stood there and it's absolutely beautiful i liked the theme in the first instance basically you're part of morpheus's crew and you are guiding various heroes and building dreams for them and it's a a battle for control over that particular dream world very much into the mythology and stuff but looking at it, it was absolutely stunning beautifully produced game Very RPG, it was very descriptive, the guy that was standing there really enthusiastic I think as all game makers are. I'd be tempted by that but I've got a funny feeling there won't be any copies tomorrow because it's only got a small print run and I think there'll be quite a bit of interest in it.
0: Yeah so obviously you don't listen to the show that you happen to be on, because we actually covered in one of our previews.
1: You're pumping these previews out every other day at the moment. Who has got the time? Just
0: harsh, my own <laughs> waste. <wife. laughs> my own wife said on the podcast itself they looked really nice for an indie publisher and it actually looks better in the flesh and as Natalie said there's only 100 copies he'd already sold 50 before the show had even started he was sort of lamenting the fact that he hadn't brought more but yeah that was definitely one that caught the eye we met up with Chris Marling designer of Armageddon friend of the pit friend of the game pit he was guiding us through Armageddon, which is looking like it's going to make a big splash in there's the show. There's certainly
1: a lot of promotion about it around the halls. I mean, there's massive posters. It looks yeah. fantastic. It really does the artwork. is stunning. It's
0: very heavy. It's yeah. very I've heavy. Hold, I've held a copy, and it's a very heavy game. So if you're buying Armageddon, you may wish to do some de and taking out some of those bits of cardboard before you put it Maybe in Maybe do bags. a bit
1: of weightlifting.
0: Yeah. in prep
1: maybe but yeah
0: that that looked good what else did we see
1: there's just so much and it's just little games that you see that kind of catch your eye and you just think oh that would be quite nice yeah
0: we met up with our friends from brain games talked to liga about ice cool they've just sold the german rights for that so that's gonna blow up hopefully in germany watch this space we were talking about maybe even running a competition in the near future where you could actually win a copy of ice cool it's a fabulous game that we really enjoyed natalie's not particularly very good at it but it's very fun watching her yeah
1: yeah it was very late at night i was very tired i had all of the dexterity (laughs) skills of a toddler hopped up on haribo and don't think it's fair to judge me
0: You are judged.
1: I am judged. I am extremely bad.
0: So that was the little area. We're going to talk about three games, as I said, a bit later that really caught our eye there. Now, while this is going on... There is a hive of activity going out in the actual spiel halls themselves.
1: It's so impressive with what happens. Yeah,
0: so when we got there... Chaos. Chaos, there was forklift trucks, raising platforms, guys running around with drills... People are literally skating alongside on the pallet lifters. <laughs> well needs
1: regards health and safety? Like, honestly, house,
0: house people didn't <laughs> die there. There was glass all over the floor. There was saws and hammers and nails all and over the thinking, floor. And you're thinking, how is this going to be ready
1: for tomorrow?
0: We went into the game preview area after having a look around. And we came out of the the area and it it was just amazing. It was just amazing. Everything was nearly ready. Yeah, there was a bit of cling film around things. Some of the carpets were being protected, but everything was almost ready. The games were all being stocked up. Stronghold, our friend Mr. Bonacore, he had all his store stocked up and he was already starting to do a few sales. So fair play to him, Cranio were starting to do their sales already, people coming in for pre-orders who would order through the press, and very, very impressive turnaround. And also
1: I think it's just, like, you kind of understand intellectually the amount of work that must go into something like this, but to see it, because, like, we rocked up at about half ten, and then four and a half hours later, when we come back up and have a look, it's pretty much done.
0: It is a, a phenomenal feat of logistics. Absolutely. That was our initial impressions, so we're going to go on now to three games that either we were looking at before, and we kind of decided, yeah, but maybe not. I like it, but maybe not enough, or we just didn't know anything about it at all, and then we just spotted. So, Natalie, what is your first of the three games that you have spotted today?
1: The first of the three games that I spotted today was actually one of the first ones I saw when we went down into the press area with all the publishers, and that's Four Gods, And it's a real-time tile-laying game. So I love a bit of tile-laying. Not so hot on real-time, but hey, I'll give it a go. But it looked lovely. You take the role of a god, and as you're in these tiles in real-time, you know, everyone has their turn at the same time. You're also claiming areas. It just looks like a lot of fun. It kind of a little bit caught my eye before but hadn't quite made the list because I've got loads of tile laying games and there are so many out there. But that little twist of real time and then trying to claim area at the same time as everyone else has made it a little bit interesting for me. I might investigate it a bit further tomorrow. might even be coming home with us. Just FYI. Another tile laying game for you there, love.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Well, my first one was actually something that uh, Chris Marling put me onto. I was. a big fan of Ancient Terrible Things and it's from that company Pleasant Company Games Their latest one is Snowblind Race for the Pole now is it kind of takes a similar style to Ancient Terrible Things in that you roll dice and you have to select the dice to use and you put them into certain areas what it says on the tin is a race to the pole now you're not just sort of moving everything through areas you've got equipment you've got leaders you've got Dogs, you got your whole party, and you've got to eke forward. Kind of like a, a push your luck thing going on. Well, if you, you can push forward really quickly, but the dice are going to punish you later on, and, and it's going to be more dangerous for you to push onwards if you go slowly slowly make sure that everything's safe yeah you know what someone's probably going to beat you to the pole the the whole aim of the game is to get to the pole and get back again it doesn't look great in terms of the actual artwork you could quite easily walk past it as i did until uh, chris pointed it out to me but having been a fan of ancient terrible things so i like the look of that one natalie
1: sounds good caught that at the corner of my eye and now you've mentioned it's by the same dudes that did ancient terrible things i can see how the artwork kind of matches that yeah it's that kind of kooky artwork
0: Um, it is a little bit bland because it's got to be all about snow and about um, traveling to the pole Mm. it can't be as colorful as ancient terrible things but you still have the same sort of clear plastic dice so that's a giveaway
1: and look well it's dice rolling again so you can love it and suck at it at the same
0: time but you're not hampered by your dice rolling in in this one you are choosing from a, a pool of dice
1: I'm sure you Therefore, can find a way. Yeah, I'll probably get them
0: all land on their yeah, corners. Probably. Okay, Natalie, what's your next one? You My next about? one,
1: I don't know whether it's made your list as well, because we saw it together, was Ulm. Ooh,
0: um yes. yes.
1: Yes, so this is a worker placement. I've been on the game pit a couple of times now and every time I kind of wax lyrical about worker placements and I love them. I love them in all their shapes and sizes with the feet, whether the theme is deep or just pasted up. Um This is another worker placement, but it's got a little 3D model in the middle of the board, which always makes me happy because I just love the prettiness of it. And it, you know, it's your standard worker placement. There's an interesting kind of little mechanic around how you select your actions and how you can... Manipulate the board so that when other people are selecting actions, you can get points off it. You're moving your boat up the river. I mean, it's your standard European city in the medieval ages when it was sort of a thriving, verging on Renaissance.
0: Yeah, they've tried to make that 3D estate. cathedral. Have a, middle, have a purpose it, but doesn't, it doesn't really
1: <laughs> it doesn't but i tell you what it's it's close enough for government work it's a round counter it's a round counter and in the basic game that round counter is just straight but in the advanced game it also can serve as showing you what's gonna happen at the end of a round so it's like events and that can be either negative or positive yeah. and you can plan for that because you know what's coming next. The
0: mechanism that I particularly liked was where you push the tiles in the yeah. middle. So you get the three that you push into the the middle area, the town square or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they are the actions that you're gonna be able to take that turn. So all of a sudden you've kind of you've got like a a push pull mechanism if you push things out before other people can get at them, you can almost play it, be a bit negative, and it just adds that little bit of... It's like a sub-game within the game, mm. isn't it?
1: And it also looks... It's a little bit of like puzzling through and seeing where are you going to put your stuff. I think that would be interesting if you're playing with a group of people. You're saying, well, you need that, you need that, you need that. How are you going to manipulate it? So can How can I manipulate it so that you don't get what you want? Yeah. i was really interested in that that's that's kind of shot right up my list after having a little bit of a chat with, with the demonstrators today yeah
0: lots there was lots of things going on there was yeah. cards that you could play there was tokens that you could swap out and do things as you said the boats i agree it was a it was a very interesting looking game so my next one we already talked about it on the podcast it's far east war 1592. And I'm not going to go too much because we've just talked about it in quite some detail. Only to say that it is amazing looking, and oh my God, we talked about that <laughs> dice tower. We did it well, no it? justice. We just said it was the fight. Rona said it was a dice palace. It wasn't. It wasn't a tower. You it should was just a palace.
1: build a shrine to it. We will build a shrine to it. We will stick it in the corner. We'll get rid of one of the bookcases. It is stunning.
0: Can we call no. it Morris?
1: We can, we can call it whatever you want. I mean, it is a piece of art right
0: there. That's the amount of glory I'm bestowing on it. I'm calling Do it. it Morris. Do
1: it. I'm okay with that. I'll tell
0: you what, I'd almost call it Glenn Hoddle. It's not that good. No. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the it, the whole game looks stunning. And I'm not sure about the print run. There was actually nobody there to explain it to, in any more detail. But it looks even better in real life than it. From afar, so, so you, I am going to be trying to pick that one up. I've got a horrible feeling. Are you that,
1: breaking into Essenspiel in the middle of the yeah, night? Yeah,
0: if we can get in straight away and sprint to that stall, I might have an it chance It has
1: been a good 20 years since I sprinted anywhere, but good luck to you. You'll it, yeah. do it
0: for Morris, though. <laughs> I'll
1: <you? laughs> do it for Morris.
0: Okay, what's your last game?
1: Uh, my last game is Key to the City, London. Oh, um, yes, And yes. it's, I don't know whether you guys have spoken about this as well.
0: You, oh do you ever no. listen to a word your husband says?
1: Like, like 37% of the time? I'm maybe. Trying to
0: cultivate a media <laughs> empire <laughs> that's going to keep you going in your dotage.
1: Is that right? Well, you know, I've been busy.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. anyway, anyway so, so yeah, City,
1: I saw *Keys for yes. Key City London today, um, and that looks great, there's a little map of London, and it's based on Keyflower, I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with Keyflower, so the same sort of bidding mechanism is still there, you've still got your hexagonal uh, tiles.
0: Uh, what, what the guy actually said, they had it all set up, <laughs> and people from London were coming up saying, that shouldn't be there, because they'd have like, I don't know, Canary Wharf, North West London. <laughs> London, and... They'd have certain things that should have been north of the river, south of the river. So they literally had to spend an hour putting it all right so that everything was in the geographic location. To it be should fair, be.
1: it was in the right because I had a quick scan while we were there and it was all where yeah, we should no, because, have been. Yeah, sure, but, yeah. Well,
0: because he'd just been right. badgered by a <laughs> load of Londoners. No,
1: but it looks great because it's a little bit different. You've got home locations starting now within this map and you can upgrade yeah. that, I think. I like Keyflower anyway. A new spin and, and, a, and an old favourite is always going to be good, right?
0: You're not a Londoner, so... But for me, as a Londoner, born and bred...
1: Yeah, it's all right. Guy, I've only lived there for 20 years. OK,
0: but a game right. about London is... When they have key, key to the City, Birmingham... I was just
1: about to say, the Birmingham one is in the pipeline. I know it. Those, More canals than Venice.
0: Those highlight tiles would be... Oh, four? Maybe Five? I'm getting divorced, yeah? 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 Just so back sorry. to file? Just okay, to moving swiftly on. Right now. Uh, another game that we kind of glimpsed, there was a guy dressed up as a dictator. Uh, he <laughs> gave us a quick. With Hawaii Short Son. With Hawaii Short Son. It's Revenge of the Dictators. And the theming about this is all about some dictators, I don't know if they're on holiday, but they're, they're in Hawaii. Hawaii. They're in Hawaii. In an
1: exile in
0: hawaii they've decided to go and take over the globe and it's all about trying to move through america and various other places and try to take it over basically it looks very very funny now there's some dictators although they're not called by their names there's a yeah. no Hitler there basically yeah. there's Adolf a, the Hipster Adolf the Hipster that's, that's the right one. yeah so they're, they're there but they're not called by their name but it does look really funny it looks yeah. like quite interesting in terms of how you actually spread across the globe and you have to take cards that are the founding fathers of america and they if you pick those cards they're going to do something negative to you the further you go into america the higher the defcon raises and the harder the game gets now i'm not sure i'm going to buy this one but i'm certainly a lot more interested in it now than i was before the show so that's what this bit of the show is all about is just trying to ramp up that interest doing as much as they can there were people dressed in fancy dress there was a Fantastic. bishop knocking around the there were, there were scientists yeah it was re- really cool so next what we're going to do we've played three games this evening and we're going to tell you all about those so bear with us Okay, now we're going to talk about games that we've actually managed to get a playthrough. We were lucky enough to snag a copy of a game we've talked about on the show. It is Lorenzo Il Magnifico from Cranial Creations. Now, there's a whole slew of designers here. It's Virginia Gigli, Flaminio Brassini and Simone Luciani. And it plays two to four people in a time frame of 60 to 120 minutes so just quickly because we have talked about this one on the show it's a worker placement and a worker placement with a slight twist in that the workers that you place are matched to the results on three dice that you are going to roll you are going to place those workers into areas that require a certain amount of pips on the dice you can pick up cards you can influence the church you can build up your war and you can supplement those workers that you put down with helpers you're getting resources you're getting money and you're trying to score as many points as you can but we have talked about this one before now Natalie, you were kind of looking at this one yeah halfway through i said to you you're gonna buy this aren't you
1: and i said yes i am so this was actually on my list to have a look. And then when we were looking around the hall, I actually looked at it and the box isn't... The
0: box isn't is very not nice. inviting. No.
1: It's not inviting. And I was like, hmm. And I looked at the board and it was like, it looked very much, I think, as you may have mentioned or at least mentioned to me, it looked a lot like Grand Austria Hotel and very much like every second worker placement game out there. However, I really enjoyed this.
0: So much. Yeah, apart from that dice mechanism, there's lots of interesting little choices. Like Now, if you don't influence the church, then you're going to be punished on every second round, basically. Like in Grand Austria Hotel, you're going to either have to match a certain target or suffer the penalty. Now, these penalties last throughout the whole game. Now, if you do pay to honour the church, you score the points that you're up to, but then you go down to zero again. And if you ever want to get to the end of the track, which is 30 points, then you've got a real tough decision. Do to you take that hit? And they're quite nasty. One, The first one we had was it was minus one to all your dice when placing. The next one was we couldn't use the market space. And that is your main area for getting money and helpers into your pool. And then the last one was that all your blue cards, which are your character cards, and they, they add up basically to score you extra points at the end of the game are worth zero so that's a whole area of the board that is worth zero even just that is an interesting decision
1: it is an interesting decision and i think in a way it works better than grand austria hotel because in grand austria hotel you get the penalty but then you also get like a bonus as well yeah and the penalty isn't ongoing so it only hurts you a little bit. Whereas this one, I do actually like the fact it's actually a real choice that needs to be made. Okay, I'm going to lose a pip off my dice, which isn't too terrible. However, if your dice rolling sucks, not mentioning any names.
0: I was fantastic You were fantastic. You actually, were to be honest,
1: you were good too. You were queen of the ones. ones. And if you roll
0: rubbish. a rake of ones, then your helpers are so important. They because are. you can't do anything with a rake of ones.
1: So, But that's a decision that affects the rest of the game. And I actually quite like that because that's a real valid choice that you then have to make. A game that can force you to one of those choices is great. And it's the same with the market. The market, which, as you say, gives you your coins and your helpers, so that's that choice again. Have I built up my resource mechanisms enough mm. that I can negate not having access to the market? Or have yeah. I concentrated elsewhere and I still need to go to that market?
0: Okay basically what you're trying to do is you've got four towers one of them gives you land cards and they're going to give you resources we mentioned the characters they're going to give you little uh, one-off bonuses and they're going to stack up to score you points at the end of the game another one is ventures it's just going to score you those points and uh, the yellow cards are buildings and they are going to come out in stacks of four now every time somebody goes into one of those towers or four cards then the next person to go in there is going to have to pay money to get a card. So there's even a blocking off aspect to that.
1: It forces you to make the really essential choices to get your machine up and running. I would quite like that. But if I'm pushed to it, Do I like it enough to not only spend the extra three coins to go into the same tower as you, but also whatever resources that card particularly needs? Is it valuable enough to my machine? Again, it's a very real choice, and that's what I love about this game. It's the real choices you have to make.
0: The heart of the game really is in those cards. Yeah. In a two-player game, there is one area that you can harvest and one area that you can get your production. So you go in, you hit your harvest or your production bonus, And then depending on how much you've gone in with, how much the value of your worker is, then you can start triggering off loads of extra stuff. Now, Natalie Mm -hmm. did it really well with resources. She was able to get loads of stone, loads of wood, loads of extra helpers by just going into that area and triggering it once because she chained loads of cars together. What I did was I went for the religion. So I was able to get lots of religion and money into I, but just chaining off those things
1: i would say no matter which one you choose you, you still have to keep an eye on the ventures because that's your end of game scoring as well you'll get a little bonus when you first get the card nothing is really triggered when you take the harvest or production action it's simply end of game scoring and you do need to keep an eye on that you can have your strategy whether you hit characters buildings or land i always keep your eye on that end of game yeah. scoring because if okay. you're not hitting that you
0: are going to get stunned for that at and the end. Finally, before we wrap up on uh, Lorenzo in Manteca, I won. I
1: won by two points.
0: Yes, and we thought I'd won by one point, and then we realised we hadn't taken. But I still, had the, bonus. <laughs> still, I still had the moral victory. I still had the moral victory because
1: I pointed out where you were going wrong, and she I pointed have. out
0: a mistake I'd made on the last turn. The thing that I like most about this game is that it plays really quickly. It plays it's so all quickly. Really intuitive. We're talking about all these options and choices and everything has a good and a bad reaction to you and Some chaining real things together. And real decisions in this game. And it plays really quickly. You know exactly what's happening. The iconography is fantastic. You really do not have to consult that rulebook hardly at all to work out what each card does when it comes out. For a, a difficult, stinky, brain-burner game, no AP... There was no downtime because you're always interested in what everybody's doing. And we flashed through it. We did. We, I think it was absolutely... an
1: hour, wasn't
0: it? With rules explanation from the rule book. That You was can the just best fly through for...
1: it and I think we'll be able to do that.
0: Yeah. And, and trust it... me,
1: I'm going to make you play it.
0: And it works with two.
1: It works with two, which is are okay. always interested Cool.
0: That was a Lorenzo but Il fantastic. A Magnifico.
1: It was Magnifico.
0: We went to see our friend Mr. Bonacore at Stronghold Games, and I picked up a game. It's a game that I hadn't really sort of banked on, even playing really. We haven't covered it in our previews, uh, but I know that Ronan and Stephen talked about this at some length in the show that Ronan did with Stephen, and he was really excited. About it, and yeah, I just didn't get it. But it's, it was on my I'll, list. I'll tell them what it is, shall I? First, yeah, let's um, do that. <laughs> it's Fable Fruit, the one the big Friedman Freezer releases, uh, obviously from Stronghold Games, plays two to five players in a time frame of 25 minutes. Now, what the game is, is you're essentially collecting fruit cards and you're using animals who are giving you various abilities. To collect those cards in set, once you've got a set of cards, you can take one of the animal cards that's helping you in the middle and turn it into a fable fruit drink. There's not a lot more to it than that. There's lots of different actions on the animal cards in the middle. Now, the twist on this one is it evolves with you. So you can get to the point where somebody has won and some of the cards will have changed because every time you get those drinks, you take a new card from the massive stack of cards and that'll be a new ability. And there's three of each ability. Then you go on to another new ability that you can do and then another one. And so the card deck is always evolving. It's getting more difficult. There's more options. More
1: more involved. And
0: more involved. And every card seems to... Well, so far, as we've seen, it seems to be different. So, Natalie, you were more interested in this than I was. How did it live up to your expectations? It was
1: exactly what I thought it was going to be, which was pleasantly surprising, to be honest with you. It was on my list. Not a huge fan of fillers, but I was looking for something that we can play that isn't going to take an entire evening. And I saw this little kind of set collection with a twist, and I quite liked the look of it. And yeah, it was a nice, quick, lovely game. And we've only played one game of it, but actually, even in that one game, you can see how it will evolve. Yeah. And how it is going to get you know a little bit more complex and how you are going to have to start thinking a little bit more about it and the beautiful thing about it it isn't like a legacy game whereby you're changing the game forever you can reset it at any time which we have done so that roly Poley can have a well
0: the actions that we started we'll just give you a taste of what some of the actions were so the first one was literally take two fruit cards okay another one was if you have a banana hand it to another person and you can take two of their cards another one was keep drawing until you get a double and if you stop before you get the double you keep them if you get that double then you have to put them back that, that was the kind of thing that was going on and then we got another card that came out that was pay two pineapples and get five cards into your hand, much more powerful then we got started getting market cards you place five cards out and you can use this card to go into the market and swap cards over so it starts getting a little bit more involved at this stage we still had the opening six cards available to us and now there was eight cards i found it really interesting how the game was evolving and it was giving us more choice you start off with those six cards and that's enough choice when you're starting off just at the point where you're getting to think actually this is starting to get a bit monotonous out comes another card. Oh, that's interesting. And then out comes another card. Oh, that's interesting. Twenty-five minutes. It's never going to outstay its welcome. It's not.
1: I'm really looking forward to seeing how it does. Evolve. I'd be interested to give that a it few is, plays just to see how how far we
0: can get. It is, uh, it is way way better than it should be. It's a card game about making fruit punch with animal helpers.
1: I don't know what the buzz like this is about, but I think this is going to be a hit. I really. I don't. think anybody I think who tries is.
0: this. It's very charming yeah it's very easy to to pick up and get into it will keep changing it will keep providing you with more challenges Maybe, i mean, tiny little challenges just slight increments of, of complexity or just changing up the game slightly that in itself will keep the game fresh it's what freedom freezer tends to do it's a, another clever game design mechanic I think it's a cheeky little hit of the show. So, yeah, that was a fabled fruit. Okay, last up, Natalie, is a game from Pegasus Spiel. Now, we've got our little boy at home. He does love his memory games.
1: And we're always on the lookout, aren't
0: we? We are always on the lookout. So, this is Zorberi dry designed by Lucas Zach and Michael Palm. And it's uh, just a little 6 plus game. And uh, themed around some naughty little magic students who are out late basically. And they should be back in, in wizard school or tucked up in bed. The local ghost, a lot of Harry Potter stuff going on here. <laughs> the ghost who also happens to be the groundskeeper or security guard or something like that. Is cottoned on that they're up past their bedtime. So they have to get back to the wizard school and get into bed before the ghost catches them. And it's a a track and it's a race. And how you're going to do it is you've got a set of dice and they've each got different symbols on them. And the symbols match a load of hidden face down tokens representing trees around the board. So you roll the dice and you're trying to find one, two or possibly three of those symbols and every time you get a symbol you move forward if you get one wrong you stay where you are, and you're memorising all the time where things are. So if you do roll them again, then oh, okay, I remember where the the little rat was, and I remember where the snake was, and and then you're moving forward. If you roll a ghosty, then the ghost moves forward. At the end of every round, the ghost moves forward, and he gets quicker and quicker. So that, that's what it is. That's all it is. It's it's a little memory game now. Is this where we mentioned
1: that it's a game for someone years six and over and we failed abysmally? We
0: lost, yeah. Abysmal? Yeah, we were were pretty bad.
1: To be fair, I think you were worse than I was. I was. You were bad. I didn't think... Did you get one right? I got... None with, right. With my help, you got one right.
0: To be fair, none of the things that I looked at came up <laughs> on my dice rolls. We ended up using the two potions <laughs> on me. With potions are little tokens to make it easier or harder for you. I re-rolled my dice. I still didn't get anything I recognized. But you had the the doozy.
1: I kept turning over that ghost, and I was. You turned to, over yeah. that ghost twice. Twice, I. Did In two it. rounds. Final one was the one that did for and us. And the as final well. one,
0: while he was standing next to us, you turned over the ghost tile that you just turned over the round previous. That was some nice... Work. I'm awesome. We were rubbish. Our son... He's going to do better at this than us. Batter us He's going to kill us. At he, will, he will. I know, he'll carry us to victory. He will. He'll carry us to victory. But yeah, it's, it is... Do you
1: know what? It's a very cute little game. It is. And genuinely, I think little ones would love it. You know, I love a 3D thing. It's oh, got that it's little got 3D, 3D new castle, thing in the corner. Yeah, I'll yeah. buy anything as long as it's got
0: a 3D thing the in wizard School is a 3D castle, and it interacts with the game because the steps are still part of the track, so you have to literally get on the step. But you
1: can't have help when you you're on the steps. You
0: can't have help, yeah. You can help each other all the way through, but you can't have help when you're on the steps. When you're on the steps, you're on your own. But anyway, that was a really quick game. Now, we're just going to wrap up by giving... That one game oh, sure that may. we are definitely going to buy that is the game we are most excited about tomorrow with the spiel halls open. What are you going to race to buy, Natalie?
1: If I do not get a copy of Feast for Odin tomorrow morning, I'm going to burn down the messer. That's all there is to it. There best be a copy. That's all I'm saying. Well, if
0: there's no Feast for Odin tomorrow, you have until 1003 to get, to get all your games in, because otherwise it's going pretty up in much. flames, Pretty right?
1: much. I'm going to do the most epic building-wide table flip if I don't get Feast for Odin.
0: But to be honest, this show will be going out probably Thursday lunchtime-y, so the messer could have already been burned down. Pretty
1: maybe. much. Pretty much we could be on the verge of catastrophe right now.
0: Right, so what, what about Feast for Odin are you looking forward to?
1: Oh, all of it. So it was on my list anyway, and then I saw it in the, again, going back to that, lovely little publishing hall setup that they have for the press people. I saw it laid out and it's Uwe Rosenberg, which I, I like anyway, but it's got this this really interesting point mechanic. You may you've probably already reviewed it on one of your episodes, I'm really sorry. Anyway, so it's got that interesting well, mecha- Yeah, I'm sure you are it's got that really interesting mechanic where you start off at sort of minus however many points it is. Quite minus quite a few. And then you have to cover up yeah. your bit on your player board yeah, so yeah. that
0: your your And points. you're kinda you kind of, kind of,
1: I love it. of that do I you? love I love a puzzle aspect. Puzzle aspect on tile laying and worker placement. And economy. Christmas has come early in the Coppish Rice household as far as I'm concerned.
0: And there's quite a few components in that one.
1: Love it. I it's gonna be quite heavy. You're carrying it. I am. I'm only little.
0: You're carrying I'm it. I'm only little. If you even if you have to row back <laughs> In the box, which you probably could.
1: Oh, what are you trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to say I'm small.
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway. Very quickly, my one. I I'd had a look at it today. And the last Friday is exciting me more and more. It is absolutely on my street. Absolutely devastated. War Quest hasn't made it to the show. That would have <laughs> been I can't take
1: it. Don't burn the mess down till I get my fees for Odin. I went to look at this at this thought today.
0: Anyway, so WarQuest would have been my absolute must buy, but it is now the last Friday, so expect to hear a review from myself and Ronan and maybe Natalie about the last Friday. So that's it. Thanks very much. We will see you out in a minute. okay there we have it that's episode 75 that was a quick overview of our first day at Essen. hope you enjoyed it got a couple of game reviews in there natalie thank you very much for joining us
1: thank you very much for having me i enjoyed every single long minute
0: of it always a pleasure even though you'll never hear this because you don't listen to our show
1: I do, I just don't listen to every single output you have prior to Essen.
0: Okay, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back with some uh, reviews on all the games that we pick up in Essen in the very near future. As always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for gaming podcasts and the Dice Tower itself and a whole fabulous slew of wonderfulness. If you wish to contact us, go to thegamepitpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter page at gamepitpodcast. We are on Instagram. We also have a Board Game Geek Guild. Please come along there and give us a shout or send us a question or tell us we're rubbish. Whatever you want to do, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to download the episodes, it's... Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher, as always. Music by E. Aaron.